What's up? Welcome back to the Chasing Truth Podcast. I'm Presley. And I'm Grace. And we hope everyone is having a wonderful week so far. Mm -hmm. We're here with a very, very encouraging topic. Yes. Encouraging and exciting. Yeah. (laughs) So today, (laughs) get ready. We need a a drum roll. Drum roll. Uh, (laughs) Today, we'll be talking about sin. (laughs) Everyone jump. Say it with me. We love... No, just kidding. We we don't love it. But we love talking about it. Yeah. We do. It's okay. Not many people. Not many people. Yeah, a lot of people are scared. They don't want to step on people's toes. They don't want to be offensive because sin But good thing we don't mind. (laughs) Anyways, today... We're going to talk about sin, everyone's favorite topic of discussion. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But really, it's so important, and most people in churches are not discussing it. And like Grace and I have talked about so many times, until sin is bitter, Christ won't be sweet. And many people have heard the message of the gospel, but have no understanding of both the significance of the gospel and their desperate need for it. And they can't understand either of those things without first Mm -hmm. understanding our sin um, and our sinful nature. And if you think that you don't struggle with sin or that our society doesn't struggle with sin, I mean, the whole point of our culture right now, if you look at it, is to normalize sin and go against God's plan and tell God that he's wrong. So we feel like this is a really important topic to go on as we start getting into more political topics and social issues. Um, I would just be aware of that mindset in the culture. And again, a lot of people, again, are not talking about sin. A lot of people, even in the church, a lot of Christians I know, they just want to love sin. They want to make everyone feel included and invited. And while that's Mm -hmm. all good, we also have to tell people the truth. Yeah. And the truth is that God hates sin and that sin is the reason that we are, you know, deserving of hell. Yeah. And And I'm not afraid to say that. we need the gospel. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. We didn't, if we we weren't broken, we wouldn't need a savior. So that's what we're going to be talking about today. That's kind of, yeah, what I was just going to say you know, if we're telling people the gospel and encouraging that they be saved, Mm -hmm. we have to tell them what they're being saved from. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And so ultimately our goal and the outcome of this episode will be super encouraging. Very encouraging. So you just have to hang tight and all will We'll get there. We'll get there. Yeah. (laughs) Yep. Um, Well, just to start, we'll go on some common misconceptions of what sin is. And as Presley and I have been talking to a lot of people, we've noticed that most people think of sin as more of a scale or a balance. Um, They do a few good things or a few bad things, but they think that all the good things they do will ultimately, you know, balance it out and they will be able to earn God's approval to get into heaven. And even people who are saved, a lot of them think this. They think that, you know, they've done some bad things, but they'll be tight with God and God will be close to them if they Mm -hmm. just keep doing good things at the same time. And they do a few bad things, but that's okay. (laughs) And that's really not the truth. Yeah. (laughs) So um, let's get into defining what sin is. Presley, do you want to go through a couple of our resources? Yeah, yeah. So first, before I go into, or before Grace goes into the definition of sin, I just want to shout out a few books that we have used for these this episode. First and foremost, the main one that we used is Wayne Grudem's book, Systematic Theology. Incredible book. If you have any questions about any biblical doctrine, 
most likely you will find a well thought out and well answered question yeah, in that book. It's really so, well written. Yeah. And really good. well organized too. He's awesome. Mm-hmm. Also another book by him, Politics According to the Bible. <laughs> so good. We'll we'll use that resource in later episodes, but yeah, those books are awesome. And then we also used um, John MacArthur's Study Bible and God is Holy by R.C. Sproul. So yeah. If you are interested in doing more reading on your own, we always like to give resources. So those books are awesome. Yeah. So um, Systematic Theology, the book that Presley mentioned, defines sin, which is our number one term on this episode, as any failure to conform to the moral law of God in act, attitude, or nature. And it also goes on to say that the history of the human race, as presented through the worldview of Scripture, is primarily a history of man in a sinful state of rebellion against God and God's plan for the redemption and bringing man back to himself. So in the simplest terms, sin is anything that we think, say, or do that does not please God or goes against God's plan. And something that I think a lot of people don't realize and something that took me a long time to understand was that humans are by nature incapable of purely doing good. We were born, we'll get into this later, with a sinful state. And if you think about it with um, selfish ambition, I mean, I might do something that's good, but am I really purely doing good for the sake of, well, if I'm doing it for the sake of doing good, then it's going to make me feel better. Mm -hmm. Or maybe I'm going to get a better check on my birthday from that grandma if I helped her with something. There's always something that when we do stuff, a selfish, um, subconsciously, we're being selfish. Mm -hmm. And in God's- Or just, even if we think we're not, anything that is done in our flesh is sin. Is sin. Because we're humans. We're not God. And without God working through you, you are incapable of doing good. And so that scale that we talked about, I'll do a few bad things, but the good balances it out. No, we're incapable of doing good without God. Mm -hmm. And that is so evident in our culture today. And yeah. Yeah. So going off of the definition of sin, to further understand sin, we have to understand the origin of sin. And the first thing that we need to know and understand that God himself did not sin and is not to be blamed for sin. Mm. Man Mm -hmm. sinned. Men should be blamed for their sin. Um, Yet, even though God did not sin, we know that as Ephesians 1.11 says, he always accomplishes all things according to the counsel of his will. So not sinning himself, God did ordain, allow, and will sin to come into the world through the voluntary choices of humans. Um, Or he he (laughs) voluntarily ordained those choices. (laughs) If you're Calvinist, you might get that. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Um, And then second... Sin came into the world from Adam and Eve, as depicted and described in Genesis 3. And understanding this, how, how should we connect the origin of sin in the past to now? Mm. Well, sin entered the world through the attempt to test the veracity and truth of God and his word. The devil asked in Genesis 3, did God really say that? And Eve tested the truth of God saying what he did and truly meaning what he said, by eating the fruit that God said not to eat and sinning against him. And in the same way, we, humanity, continue to sin daily by going against the moral law of God's, of God's truth imprinted upon our hearts by our flesh, you know, seeking the truth of the world, but it's really the mirage of the truth of the world, and our souls only being truly satisfied and eternal, eternally satisfied and rescued by the truth of God's word. So with our podcast, (laughs) in chasing the truth of God and his word, we are seeking to understand his holiness and our lack thereof, our sin with greater clarity. 
Yeah, that's really good. And we're not today, a lot of people, you know, with what you're saying, we're not going to get into the, well, do we really have the free will to choose sin or is sin, you know, we're not really here to get into that argument. We could later much. though. We could. Because I love talking Should about we? that. Should Okay. Okay. Well, maybe we'll do that. We'll do a poll. Okay. We'll do. <laughs> There's two of us. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Anyway. Raise your hand if you want to. I raise my hand. Well, so. I would love to, but I don't know if we have time for it. Um, before we get into that, we might get into that later um, on this episode. Or another episode. Or another episode. That could be a whole, that could be, it's going to be a long time. We could yeah. actually do a debate. Yeah. Hmm. Anyways. That's a side thought. One theological term, if you um, are want to get into studying some things, Presley mentioned was something called a federal headship, and that's the idea where I mean Romans six, the t- header of that is you're either a slave to sin or you're a slave to God. Um, the idea of federal headship is that humans, ever since Adam sinned out of free will, because Adam was the first to sin and to choose sin, all of humanity has been born into a sinful nature, condemned before God. And you're either a slave to sin or you're a slave to God. So even though here on earth, you know, even if you're a Christian, even if you're saved, you're still at war with your flesh. You still struggle with sin. But the hope that you have is that at the end of your life. God already wins. You've already been justified. Sin will have no victory over you. And, you know, you're either going to go to heaven or hell. I'm trying to explain this. But you're either a slave to sin or you're a slave to God. Mm -hmm. And that's just how... That's how it works. And it talks about that in Romans 5, too. I'll read Romans 5, 19 here. And it says... For as by one man's disobedience, the many were made sinners, so by one man's obedience, the many will be made righteous. And that's, again, saying Adam, he sinned out of free will. Many were made sinners. Humanity was doomed and born with a sinful nature. But Christ's obedience to the will of God to save the people whom God has predestined will make many justified and righteous and save us from hell that we deserved. Mm -hmm. So that's the theory behind some of the things that we're talking about. Again, it's called federal headship. And I know that there's another theory out there. Presley and I don't completely buy into it and we wanted to keep this a little bit more simple. So we'll just talk about that for now. So that would be a great thing for you to research on your own time, or maybe we'll talk about it more, but we just wanted to explain that a little bit more for the nerds out there. <laughs> no, it's important to know about. I very, very Because much that is. goes into like a bunch of other things. I was going to maybe talk about imputed righteousness because mm-hmm. that, depending on what state you're in, if you are in Christ, you have Christ's righteousness yeah. imputed well, onto you. That's a good thing to talk about. Let's talk about that for a minute. So the solution to sin is not less sin or no sin. The solution to sin is Christ's forgiveness and righteousness that he gives us on the cross. We had a youth pastor one time explain it to us like this. If you have a bank account and you have a ton of debt, a ton of sin, to get you into heaven would not be for someone to pay off your debt and get you to zero again. To get into heaven would be to give you a surplus, basically, Mm -hmm. because lack of sin does not get you into heaven. It's not the lack of bad. It is the presence of good. It is the presence of Christ's righteousness in us. And when Jesus died on the cross, he traded his perfect righteousness for our sinful state and suffered the punishment that we deserved. I don't know if you got that. That is not a fair trade. That's righteousness for sin with the punishment of death. That is not a fair trade. And that's what Jesus did for us when he died on the cross. Mm -hmm. That's where we get the word justification. Um, It is the act of justifying our sin, not just forgiving it, but creating us and making us righteous and pure and deserving of heaven. So that's a little bit more of the um, theology behind that. Yeah. (laughs) So, and it's just 
crazy to think about. And it blows my mind because of that, because of Christ's work on the cross for us and his imputed righteousness onto our onto our bank accounts, quote right. unquote, as you're, to go with <laughs> your metaphor, onto our lives. Now, when God looks at us as regenerated Christians mm-hmm. with new hearts, new souls, Christ's spirit in us, he looks at us as righteous. And right. we are now allowed into the kingdom of heaven. We are now yeah. children of God. Well, that goes into another another part of <laughs> theology. You know, you've not just been justified. You've also been adopted. Yeah. You've been made a joint heir with Christ. God has a future for you. He has prepared a place for you if you are in him, even if you deserve hell, even though you still mm-hmm. are battling flesh or battling sin, sin will have no victory over you and Christ is preparing a place for you. And again, getting in a little bit more to, you know, Calvinism, point five, preservation of the saints. You have the Holy Spirit in you um, that is here to help you and to work through you, to help you overcome. Because again, humans are incapable of doing good on their own. That's where the Holy Spirit comes in and helping us and convicting us and reminding us of our depravity. Gravity. Um, we had a we did a podcast on confidence and humility, mm-hmm. and we talked about how part of the role of the Holy Spirit, and we should do a podcast episode on this too, is to remind us of our depravity so that we can keep seeing how holy God is and how much we don't deserve what we're given, and the hope that is in that, and the just the <laughs> freedom, yeah. the freedom that is in understanding that. Yeah. Um, yeah. So. Lots of justification, Amen. justification, federal headship, adoption, all things that are terms that and are commonly justification used. and reconciliation. They kind yeah. of go together. They kind of go together. But yeah. If you're looking up terms, you That's might see one. that one also. You might want to add sanctification as well. But uh, yeah. yeah, that goes with preservation of the saints. Kind of. Kind of. Also with justification. Yeah. Well, because <laughs> we were just talking about this the other day. <laughs> so there's two... You can't put it in a timeline, basically. Yeah. It's, sanctification be, can be at the moment you're saved, you're sanctified, but yeah. then continuously through our lives, we are mm-hmm. sanctified and becoming more like Christ. Right. It can have two definitions. This is a long tangent. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. If you don't know, sanctification is the fancy word for saying becoming more like Christ and allowing the Holy Spirit to conform you more to the likeness of Christ, which is what we are called to as believers. Um yeah, so that's that's a lot more in-depth of the gospel, and I'm kind of glad we're talking about yeah. this because I remember sitting in Bible study having all of these words thrown at me, and I didn't get it, but stick it out, keep listening, mm-hmm. and it'll eventually start to make sense, yeah. and you're going to—it blows my mind now even every time I talk about it. And for— the ladies out there, you won't get this in a typical women's study because this is in-depth theology yeah. and like hard theology, not hard theology words, but just it's hardcore. You <laughs> <laughs> are hardcore. But just like these big words, you can handle them. You we, can do we it. You need to know theology. And not just women, like just the, I mean, we're a Gen Z perspective. We think you guys can handle it. We're not going to sugarcoat it. We're not going to give you the easy stuff like maybe your youth group will. We think you can handle hard concepts because we want you to know God more and we think that you can, we, you can handle it. Yeah. And this is really just beginning. Yeah. Not we're just beginning. We're just telling you tricky, what we're learning as we get going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. So coming off of that super long tangent, <laughs> let's go into some commonly asked questions about sin and just clarify those questions. And hopefully it will bring more insight into mm-hmm. what sin is and what the gospel is in light of that. Yeah. So the first question for Grace, I'll be asking oh. her today. Who else would you ask? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Grace, are all people sinful before God? 
Well, if we go to Romans 3, actually Romans 1, 2, and 3 are all kind of about this, but Romans 3, 23 specifically says that for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Every single person is born with a sin nature. The only one that is perfect is Jesus. Mm -hmm. And so we have all sinned. We all deserve death and hell. And you're not going to hear that from very many people, but it's the truth. And if it's convicting, it's probably true. Yeah. And... I'm sitting here debating saying this, but I'm going to say it anyways, going off of federal headship and you're either in Christ or you're in Adam. And with today, just everything going on in society today, everyone is sinful. It doesn't matter your race, your ethnicity, your your gender, your skin color, your sexual orientation. All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And that's super contentious and... That's just real life. Yeah. And going back to federal headship, we are, we are one in Christ. So there's, there's two, you can either be in Adam or in Christ. (laughs) There's only two kinds of people in this world, people that are in Christ and people who are not. Yep. That's the only difference when it comes down to it. Cause at the end of the, at the end of the day, when we stand before God on judgment day, that's the only difference. That's the only thing he's going to look for. So again, remember with, I mean, I had a girl the other day tell me I needed to apologize for being so vocal about my faith, so vocal about, you know, oh, yeah. my conservative beliefs. And I needed to also apologize for the color of my skin. Girl, Jesus does not love you because of the color of your skin. He didn't die for you because he loves the color of your skin. He didn't not he didn't even die to save you from the color of your skin. So I'm not going to mention the color of your skin. We're just here to talk about sin and Christ and you know the way that God made us able to be justified through that. Yeah. And the hope that we have the freedom in Christ from sin. Yes. <sighs> yeah. Works me up. I know. I was debating saying that, but we're here to speak the truth. We're here to talk about sin and to tell everyone that we are all sinners Mm -hmm. and everyone is in need of the gospel. Yeah. And the solution to all things is the gospel of Christ. So, yeah. Yeah. Yep. There it is. (laughs) I think let's just read one more. Let's just reiterate that one thing. The solution to sin is not less sin. The solution to sin is the gospel. Yes. Amen. All right. All right. Did we have any other questions? I think we do. Do you want to ask the next one? Yeah. So Presley, does our ability, our ability to sin, our ability to do good limit our responsibility for our sin? No, I would say it does not. Why not? Well, (laughs) do you want me to go into it? Since Grace prepared this point, I actually didn't. What I have written here is... I could, but she more gracefully will do it. (laughs) My notes here is, I'm a five-point Calvinist, but I believe in free will. (laughs) This is really good. Okay, so God cannot be held responsible for our sin because God is holy, and the definition of holy... God cannot sin. It's against his nature. God, as we will see, as we've talked about again and again, is 100% consistent. He's not like us. He's consistent from the Old Testament to the New, even before both existed, before the world existed. God has always been the same, and God is incapable of sinning, so he cannot be held responsible. It is our sinful nature that is to blame, and it is our sin that, you know, a lot of people say, well, how can a loving God allow people to go to hell? Well, Mm -hmm. people people earn it for themselves. Every, every single person. We're not here to tell you that we're better than you. We're here to tell you that we're sinners. And the only hope we have is in Jesus Christ. And we want you to have that hope as well. And that's why we're talking about it because we need to warn you of what we want you to be saved from. 
Yeah. That question kind of does our ability limit our responsibility goes back with what I talked about of the origin of sin. Mm -hmm. God did not sin. And God has a purpose for sin. It's not that he's, you know, a mean guy up there allowing sin because he wants to hurt us and he wants to, you know, limit the people that can be forgiven or all all that kind of stuff. That's a common things that people say when they're angry at God. But the purpose of sin is, I mean, God's whole purpose is to bring himself more glory. Mm -hmm. And our sin makes us more reliant on God and gives him more glory because then when good things do happen, we know that it's, it's all God. It's Mm -hmm. all God's God is sovereign and God is good. Saved people have good thoughts of God. People who know God, I should say, have great thoughts of God. Um, That's the first point from the book, Knowing God, which is one that you should definitely read. (laughs) By J.I. Packer. It's Mm -hmm. phenomenal. I think we've mentioned that in almost every Every episode. Every single episode. Yeah. (laughs) It's a phenomenal book. Yeah. But again, this kind of goes to a question or just to go more in depth. If God is selfish, because we talked about how our own selfish can be sinful. If God is selfish, it is not sinful. If God is selfish, then we are saved because God in his selfishness for our glory and for our giving him the praise that he deserves, God created us, God allows us to sin and he saved us because Mm -hmm. if God didn't care about his own glory and he didn't want us at all, he would just let us, you know, earn ourselves condemnation. But because he wants praise for himself, he sent his son and he has sent his Holy Spirit to work through us to the praise of his glory so that we can be saved and go to heaven. And so yeah. if God is selfish, we are saved and we will do and it further in and depth that is of that for our good. Mm-hmm. If God is selfish and seeks his glory in us, that is when we are most satisfied is mm-hmm. when we're glorifying God. That's um, one of John Piper's biggest, well, he kind of, he kind of coined this phrase, but Christian hedonism, hedonism mm-hmm. is like the, the, is pleasure. And so as Christians, we are most satisfied when we are glorifying God. God is most glorified in us when we are satisfied in him. Yeah. That's yeah. really good. I love that, man. Yeah. So it goes, <laughs> it goes both ways, but just yeah. going back to your point, if mm-hmm. God is selfish, we are saved. So, yeah. so good. All right. See what I mean? This is encouraging. Presley, do you want to talk about the question, are there different degrees of sin? Yes. Okay. So the question is, are there different degrees of sin? And to that, I would say no. Sin is sin, and God is holy and cannot be around sin. Mm-hmm. And like you talked about, he must hate sin because if he were to love it, that would contradict his nature, and he cannot do that. And an objective truth and objective morality do exist, and they are <laughs> defined by God and, in essence, who he is. Yeah, and that's a really good application for today. God hates sin. And a lot of churches, a lot of people I know, they're trying to – they think that God is all love, and God is – his love is limited, limitless. God mm-hmm. is love. But we as Christians cannot show people God's love if we are loving their sin. Because that, we're not showing them the hope. They're, we're not showing them their need for Jesus. And that's, you know, not what we're here to do. We'll do, again, this is just so many episodes that are <laughs> coming out of this conversation that we could go way more in depth on. But um, if God allows sin to go unpunished, he would not be just. Mm-hmm. And in the Bible, we know that God is a just God. And if God allows sinners to get into heaven, he wouldn't be just. He wouldn't be holy because he would be allowed to coexist with imperfection and he wouldn't be perfect. But as we know, God is 100% consistent, unchanging in who he says he is. He's 100% just, holy, perfect, and his love, love is limitless. Yes. 
Amen. A lot of people tend to think that there are two different kinds of sin, however. Yeah, this kind of, these these beliefs, I guess, are what filter into the question of, are there different degrees of sin? Mm-hmm. And I know that the Catholic Church teaches there are venial sins and mortal sins. And so venial are the quote-unquote, lesser sins that don't result in complete separation from God, and mortal ones are sins that do result in damnation if they are not repented of before one dies. So their kind of thought process is that a mortal sin is an act that is intrinsically evil and immoral, while venial sins are not, but mm. <laughs> this is... Sin is sin. <laughs> yeah, this, this definition and this understanding of Two, this concept of two sorts of sins completely misses the definition of sin. Yeah, sin is sin, no matter what it is, and and honestly, it separates us from God. A lot of people think that there's a lot more hope in being able to have certain sins that you yourself can forgive yourself of. But we're here to tell you that there is more hope in knowing that sin is sin and that sin sends you to hell. But mm. The gospel made a way. The gospel yeah, can justify absolutely. and redeem you Jesus, through Jesus. Exactly it's what not I was going to say. Yeah. Human righteousness can't, can't do it. It's only Christ. Yeah. Yep. And yeah, this misunderstanding of sin is so dangerous. And dangerous is not even the right word because I, don't, I can't even think of a word, but eternal souls are on the line. Like mm-hmm. with this logic, people may go their whole lives thinking that some sins are okay and some are not. And you know what? As long as I try to live pretty good, I'm mm-hmm. fine. Like don't need, don't really need Jesus. I'm doing good. But without a coherent grasp and understanding of what sin truly is, people will not understand. Like we have talked about what the gospel is and mm-hmm. why we need the yeah. gospel. Like, yeah. Like I said, eternal souls are on the line. We need the gospel to save our souls. Mm-hmm. So we need to understand sin first. Yeah. yeah, that was just kind of a response to the question, are there different degrees of sin? Yeah, there's there's not. Yeah, where do you want to go from here? Well, we kind of already talked about this. We're kind of transitioning out of our question and answer, but we already talked about you know why God has to punish sin. Yep, um, and do you want me to just reiterate that? Yeah, you could explain it again. Yep. So sin is punished because God's righteousness demands it so that he might be glorified in the universe that he has created. And um, as we explained before, the perfect righteousness of God also demands that he is perfectly just and deals with sin. And for believers, that is a good thing because in God's justice, we are justified. And in his selfishness, again, as we said, we are saved. Those are just two little phrases that I really love. So encouraging, so hopeful. And it's (laughs) <laughs> I struggled yeah. with a long time thinking that, well, I can be a good person. God, why? God is so selfish. If And we think that it's a bad thing. It's mm-hmm. it's not. If God is selfish, we are saved. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Amen. Just to end on an encouraging note, as we promised, here yeah. we are. I think this has all been encouraging. Oh, I think so too. <laughs> <laughs> because praise God for the gospel. Mm-hmm. Praise Jesus for the gospel. What? Praise Jesus for our need for the gospel. Yeah. If I didn't know that I had sinned, if I didn't know that I was, you know, deserving of death and hell, I wouldn't know that I needed Jesus. Yeah. Praise God. Yes. So just uh, a couple things that I wanted to end on, just some phrases and quotes that I've heard to kind of sum up what we've talked about, that Jesus died for sin so that we might not die to sin, mm, so that good. we may have life and freedom in mm-hmm. Christ. This is what it means when people say there's freedom in Christ because mm-hmm. we 
we don't know what living is until we are made new, made alive by Christ and understand the gospel and pray to be made new and have Mm -hmm. our lives centered around Christ. And then lastly, Jesus became what we are so that we can become what he is, which goes to the other one too, that imputed righteousness. He became, yep, exactly. He became Mm -hmm. what we are, which is sinful and death. Yep. So that we may become what he is, which is life and joy and peace and Everything, 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 everything that, good. Everything that our our culture, everything our world, everything us humans desire is found and perfected in what Jesus did from on the cross. In our culture today, mm-hmm. in our political climate, everyone's seeking justice. Everyone's seeking seeking love and forgiveness. That's all perfectly found at the cross. It's not in one race asking for forgiveness for another. It's not in you know reconciled friendship or relationships with between races it's with us and our sin and the righteousness of god and forgiveness of god and the love of god all of that everything that everyone is searching for is at the cross yeah and you don't have to look for it anymore it's right there to quote ali stucky it's right there you don't have to search for it anymore it's the gospel Mm -hmm. and um available to all (laughs) yes to all who would accept it and just to conclude God is just, and God in his perfect righteousness cannot tolerate sin. Heaven demands perfection. And when Jesus died on the cross, he traded his righteousness for our sin and our punishment, so that now when God sees us, he sees righteousness. And why would a God, knowing that we would violate his laws and turn away from him, one, why would he create us? And when we deserved death, why would he come become one of us and come and dwell with us? And Why would he allow himself to be killed by us so that he could save us? That is a God who (laughs) his love and mercy and forgiveness is beyond limit. Mm -hmm. And praise, praise God for that. So just wanted to leave you all with that. Yeah, let's just end on that because that has so much to take in. Uh And I mean, we we can't even, our brains can't even comprehend God's love. But just to meditate on it and to just continuously think about it as we go throughout our day. Yeah. Well, we covered a lot of a lot of stuff in this episode. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. A lot more than intended, but a I think more. it was good. Yeah, and in future episodes we'll be breaking down um, a little bit more by a little bit yeah. more here and there. So, uh, stay tuned. Yeah. So, if you end listening to this and have more questions more thoughts definitely reach out to us on um, social media or email chasing truth podcast <laughs> at gmail.com that's our email and we would love to talk to you guys so hope you all have a wonderful rest of your week and see you next time yeah bye, bye. bye.